0: Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Now, we've been on a series of talks called, We Will Overcome, and we've been talking about this for several weeks now, and this week, I want to talk about Overcoming Focus, we are truly going to close out this series. you know some there was some joking with some of them about where were we ever going to overcome this series? And uh, today's the day where we are truly going to finish up what God's been speaking to our hearts. But I pray it's been an encouragement to you. It has been such an encouragement to me that maybe it's a lot of it was just for me, God speaking to me about what we're facing in our world today and what we're facing in in the situation with the coronavirus and me preaching again to an empty room. And I'm praying that that will come to a close as soon as possible. But no matter what we're facing... We believe that we will overcome. So let's get your Bibles out right there in your home so you can follow along with us. Here at the Rhodes Church, every time we open up the Bible, we believe that God wants to speak to us. So we get a little bit excited because we know God has something to say. So if you've got your Bibles, get them out. Come on, let's make some noise as we open them up to Numbers chapter 13. Woo! Numbers 13. Sermon notes are available for you on our website. The roads.church, or you can get on the Uversion Bible app and you can download the sermon notes uh, as well there to follow along. Let's go ahead and read here in Numbers chapter 13. We'll start reading in verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who'd gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against this people for they're stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they'd spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone out as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it were men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the reading of your word, and I thank you, Lord, that it is truly a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into this meeting, into this service. The service may be in a home, may be in a living room, it may be in a bedroom, it may be in a car, wherever they are right now, Lord, I just ask you to come and meet people right in their situation, their circumstances. Nobody's here for me, Lord, we're here for you. I pray for the living word of God, I pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit to move now, God, into every home, into every screen, that Jesus will be the focal point, you will be exalted, that through it all, Lord, people will be drawn to you, that we will lift up the name of Jesus and everyone will be drawn to you. I give you the credit and the glory for everything that happens, Lord. It is by you and through you and for you that we exist. Let Jesus be exalted. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Man, we encourage you to engage this morning, wherever you're watching us from. Right now, just type it in in the comments below. We want to know where you're watching from. Big shout out to all of our E-Roads family and friends from around the world, wherever you are. And we don't say that to be uh, exaggerating. Literally, we have friends watching from around the country, and we're so thankful for each and every one of you all here and around the United States. One thing that we found to be true during this pandemic is the opportunity to reach more people than we've ever reached. Some people who didn't even know where Norris City, Illinois was are hearing the gospel thanks to your generosity and to your faithfulness. I want to jump into the message today. Again, we're talking about overcoming focus, so let me be focused. In verse 30, it says this, and Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Have you ever felt like you had trouble staying focused for long periods of time? Have you ever felt your mind beginning to drift off? Sometimes in our life, you know, I think of the movie, I uh, think of a couple movies come to mind about lack of focus, I think about you know, Dory and how she had trouble staying focused and her memory problems, and all of a sudden she'd you know hey, I'm Dory, and do it again. There's another movie uh, that, where this man had a short-term memory loss, and he'd be saying something, all of a sudden he'd come back, say his name again. All kinds of things can be very distracting in our life. In our society, they talk about our, our span of our focus or our attention span being very limited. But I want you to know this, the lack of focus can keep us from overcoming in life. When Caleb speaks here and says, we are well able to overcome and here's the transformational truth from this series that I want you to get into your heart. And he says, no matter, he says, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. The transformational truth is this, that no matter what it is in our life with God, with God, we are well able to overcome it and possess what God has for us. That's what God's been speaking to us. That's what God's been sharing in our hearts. No matter what your it is, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's job loss, whether it's relationship issues, whatever it is, with God, we are well able to overcome it. Today, we're going to talk about overcoming the giant of distraction. Staying focused on our goal, our prize, what's our motivation, what are we we pursuing, what are we going after, what is our our prize that we're going, we're overcoming it, we're overcoming opposition, we're overcoming resistance, but what are we overcoming it for? During this series we've talked a lot about overcoming opposition, resistance, but, but what is our prize, what are we going after, that's what we want to talk about today. I believe we have to have a focus on something that we're going after, we're pursuing, Oftentimes in life, we're very clear about what we're running from, but we get uncertain about what we're running to. A lot of times we spend, we're trying to get away from or get over things, get past things, but so we're clear about that. I got to get past this situation. got to get past this problem, this difficulty, but we run into difficulty trying to remember, get clarity about where we are going, and that's what I want to talk about today. Let's go over to Joshua chapter 14 again, and I want to highlight a couple of things As we get into this today, Joshua chapter 14, look in verse 6, it says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. He says, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God. A couple of things that I see on this that, that he brought back this word, and we talked about last week about being location, getting the word in our heart. The 10 spies were overcome by what they saw, but Moses, or Moses rather, Caleb said we are well able to overcome based on what he saw. Now, I thought they saw the same thing, and they did, but did they? They saw the same thing, but Caleb focused on something different. Now, here's what I want to interject today in our, in our emphasis Sometimes when we're going through difficulty, sometimes when we're going through adversity in our life, it's not as much about what we see that matters as much as it is about what we focus on. What we look at. All 12 saw the same thing, but Caleb focused on something different. He looked at something different. They were overcame by what they saw, but what he focused on. So what they focused on caused them to be overcome. What he focused on caused him to believe he was well able to overcome. So let's look at what that looks like. Here's, I'm going to give you Caleb's overcoming focus. Three things. Imagine that. Three things that we're going to talk about today that Caleb used to overcome, his focus. Number one, he was focused on a promise, focused on a promise from God. Number two, he's focused on pursuing that promise. And number three, he was focused on possessing that promise. The promise, pursuing, and possessing. Let's look at what it talks about. Let's look at the first one. He was focused on the promise. In verse six, we just read it. He says, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God. Overcoming focus says we focus on the promise of God above all else. This is something that I think is very important. I keep emphasizing, if you listen to me very long in message, it's going to be a broken record. But here's what I found in my life I found in Christianity abroad that people are forgetting their need to focus on a word from God. We need a promise from God. If we're going to overcome, we cannot overcome without a promise. Too many times we're focused on a personal preference more than we are on a divine promise. We try to live our lives successfully as Christians based on what we want. That I I just want to live, this is what I want. It's my personal preference. But I want to encourage you, your personal preference, my personal preference is not what's going to cause me to overcome. What's going to cause me to overcome is that I have a promise from God. And I focus on that promise. The Bible tells us this, that his divine power in 2 Peter, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, here it is, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, partakers of the nature of God. Partakers of the precious nature of or the precious promises helps us to be partakers of what God has for us. What are we trying to say to that? The word partakers is very important. It means one who participates with, joins in with, gives, or receives their share. Here's what I want to encourage you about the first thing about the promise. What we share, what share I receive with is connected to what I focus on. So if partakers means to receive your share, so what share you receive with or partake with is directly connected to what I focus on. This is what Caleb saw, that he focused on something, and what he focused on was what he received from. When I focus on worry, stress, anxiety, fear, nervousness, all when I focus on that, I'm going to receive my share from that. When I focus on the promise of God, that's the share that I will partake of. That's the share I will receive in my life. So we got to be careful what we focus on. We have to have a promise from God. We will not be successful in this life without a relationship with his promises. The Bible says that through these precious promises, we will be partakers of his divine nature. We'll be partakers of the promises that he has for us. Everything that God wants for you in his word, we're not going to be a partaker of it unless we begin to dig in and find a promise. Find a promise. This is important. He says we got to find a promise. So type that in the comments below. Get focused on the promise. Get focused on the promise. Get off of your preference. Get off of what I want, You know what I need, what I think. We think we know what we want. We think we know what we need. But how many knows that God knows what we need? So we need to get a, a promise to get focused on. Number two, two key of what Caleb did is he focused on pursuing that promise. Jump down to verse 11. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day, of which the Lord spoke. There's the promise again of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. Uh, We read this last week, but something jumped out at me that I felt like God wanted to highlight. He says, now therefore give me this mountain. Number two, we have to have a promise from God. And number one, we have to pursue that mountain. We have to pursue that promise. Caleb had a direction, He had a direction that he was going. When he said, give me this mountain, he had a direction he was going. He had a a place he was pursuing, something he was going after. Caleb knew what he wanted. He knew where he was headed. After wandering in the wilderness for all this time, he was focused on what he was pursuing. Here's the question I have for us. Do you have a direction you are pursuing in life? It's one thing to have a promise from God, but then we have to pursue it. It's about getting clarity on the direction where we're going, what we're we're after. Do you have a direction for your life? Do you have a direction for where you're living? Do you have have a, a focus on where you're going, where you're headed? This is what he's saying. Hey, I know where I'm going. Give me this mountain. If we're going to possess the promises of God, we have to pursue the promises of God. Too many times in life, I've found this in my own life, and I've seen it in people that they don't know where they're going. They're still wandering around trying to get direction. You've got to pursue the promises. You've got to go after it. You've got to, you've got to be aggressive. You've got to find clarity on this is where I'm going. This is where I'm looking in my life. I'm, I'm not looking here. I'm not looking there, but I'm going after the mountain. I'm going after the direction that God has for me. Notice what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. But you, O oh man of God or woman of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Many times in life, we simply try to run, run from things instead of running to things. He says, flee flee from these things and pursue righteousness. When, when uh, he said That give me this mountain. Caleb had this mindset that I'm going after something. And here's what I want to encourage somebody. You need to find something to go after. You need to have something you're pursuing. You're not just trying to run away from things. I'm not just trying to get away from bad habits, get away from bad relationships, get away from bad friends, get away from bad thoughts, get away from addictions. No, no, no. I'm not just trying to get away from them. I'm not just trying to flee them, but I'm pursuing the right thing. When you Go after the right thing. This is what Caleb said. I'm going to pursue. Give me my mountain. Give me this mountain. I know where I'm going. Get some direction about our life. This is what he's saying here. We got to make sure we're not just trying to run away from things, but we're running towards things. This is a great error that we make in our life when we just try and run away. I'm just trying to run away, get direction, pursue the promises, go towards, go right at it, the person you want to be, the husband you want to be, the mother you want to be, the wife you want to be, the father you want to be, the student you want to be, the boss you want, whatever it is, run towards it, run towards it, find what that is, find what the word of God says, it says, I'm going to go after that person, I'm going to pursue it. This is how we're going to become who God wants us to become. We've got to have an attitude that we're going to pursue the promises of God. The second thing about give me this mountain I thought was important, that he was focused on his mountain. He said, uh, uh, Joshua, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. The, The mountain he's talking about is Hebron. And we read there in the scripture where it says that that they gave him Hebron, the mountain. But he says, give me this mountain. He had his eye on Hebron. He was, he was pursuing Hebron. He wasn't pursuing Jerusalem. He wasn't pursuing Gaza. He wasn't pursuing Bethlehem. He wasn't pursuing Samaria. He said he was pursuing Hebron. This is what he wanted. This is my mountain. This is where I'm supposed to be. And I believe pursuing the promises of God is about pursuing your Hebron, your mountain. Not trying to pursue somebody else's Life. Not trying to pursue what God has for somebody else. Pursue yours. Run your race. Notice what it says here in Acts chapter 20. It says, but none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. We got to make sure we're running our race, focused on what he has for us, focused on your journey, focused on your calling, focused on your purpose. Don't be trying to possess other people's mountain. We get discouraged in real life when we try and take somebody else's place. Caleb said, hey, yo, Hebron was mine. God promised it to me. Give me this mountain. Get some specifics about your life. Get some direction about your life and say, listen, I'm going after my race. I'm running the race that's set before me. I'm running the race that God has for me. I'm not trying to possess somebody else's. I'm trying to possess what God has for me. Pursue the promises of God. I think one of the many mistakes we make in our life is when we try to compare ourselves among ourselves. I believe we get discouraged in our life when we, we don't know what our race is. We're pursuing racism. We, we're pursuing mountain. Give me give me this mountain. I, I don't even know what mountain I want. But God's saying to you today, hey, make sure you know what your mountain is that you're going after. Make sure you're, we're wasting time trying to figure out what other people do. If this is a mountain of our life, we're just walking around. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. Years go by. Months go by. Weeks go by. It doesn't matter. We just keep wandering around. And at some point, God says, hey, you got to figure out what your mountain is. Mountain is and you got to pursue that. Caleb said, Give me this mountain. I want to encourage somebody find out what God is speaking to you and you go after that. Don't look around waiting for other people. Are they going to pursue their mountain? Are they going to go after and possess their land? It doesn't matter whether they're going to pursue it. You pursue what God has for you. We're not comparing ourselves among ourselves, we're not waiting to see if everyone else approves of our pursuit. We're saying, Give me my mountain. Give me the calling. Give me the purpose of God. Get some direction. Say, here I come. We coming and we ain't backing down. We coming. What are we coming for? We are coming for what God promised us. Direction, pursuing the promise, pursuing it, having a clarity of focus, getting a laser focused on your life. I'm not saying you're going to know every detail. I don't know what's going to happen in my life six months from now. None of us predicted what was going to happen. None of us thought when, when the calendar flipped to 2020, hey, I'm going to plan to be out of work. I'm going to plan to be at home. I'm going to plan. Nobody knew that was coming. None of us knew that was going to be our situation. But whatever it is, now we learn to overcome because I'm going after what God has in my life. This is what God's speaking to you. We have to overcome. Are you pursuing the promise that God has for you? Type that in the comments. Samuel I'm going to pursue the promise time by the end, I'm going to pursue the promise. Maybe you put in there, give me my mountain. Give me my mountain. I'm not looking for my neighbor's mountain. I'm not looking for my friend's mountain. I'm not looking for that person on social media's mountain. I'm not looking for theirs. I'm looking for mine. I don't know whether they're gonna do theirs. I don't know if they're gonna change. I'm not waiting for my husband to change before I possess my mountain. I'm not waiting for my wife to change before I possess the promises. I'm not waiting for everyone else to change. I'm gonna change. I'm going after my mountain. I'm pursuing what God has for me. Stop waiting for friends. To get on fire for God. You get on fire for God. Stop waiting for your school, for your workplace to turn in the perfect spiritual environment. You change the environment by what God has put on the inside of you. Pursue the promise of God. Go after it. Well, I don't know if everybody's going to approve. I don't know if everybody will like me. If I change and I start turning my life around, what are my friends going to think? If I I start following after God, if I pursue after the things of God, what are people going to say? Who cares? Pursue the mountain that God has for you. Got to pursue it. Let's look at the third one. So now we have the promise of God. Number two, we're going to pursue that promise. And number three, this is probably the most important. This is the one that I felt like even weeks ago, when I thought I was going to finish, this was the point that I felt like uh, I was going to speak on. And, uh, And it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back. So we're finally here, week eight, and we finally get to what I was going to talk about probably a month ago. And here it is, to possess the promise. Caleb was focused on possessing the promise. Look in chapter 14, jump down to verse 13. And Joshua blessed him and gave, notice the wording here in your Bible, he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. He gave it to him as an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Notice what it says. Joshua gave Hebron to Caleb, and then Hebron became his inheritance, right? So now, it's already been given to him. It becomes his inheritance. Now go to chapter 15. Look at verse 13. Now to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a share among the children of Judah. He's summarizing again what we just read in 14. According to the commandment of the Lord, there's the promise again. It was according to the promise of God. He gave it, the Lord gave it to the commandment to Joshua, who then gave it to Moses. I'm sorry, he gave it to, the Lord gave it to Moses, who gave it to Joshua. And now it's coming to Caleb, namely Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. Notice verse 14. Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak from there. Shishai, Ahimon, and Talmai, the children of Anak. Then he went up from there to the habits of Deborah, Formerly the name of Dabur was Kerjath Sefer. Notice what happened. Here's the point I want to bring out. That it was given to him as an inheritance. It was his It was given to him, and then he had to go and drive them out. He had to possess it. So we have a promise of God. He pursued the promise. It was given to him, and then the requirement was for Caleb to possess it. Possess it. This is really important. It became an inheritance, but it became an inheritance that he had to possess. So here's the thing that I want to bring home that I believe God wants to speak to people to encourage people because I see this in our life that Too many times we're not realizing that we have an inheritance that must be possessed. We think too many times, and probably it's because we've been taught this a lot of times, that if we have an inheritance, it will just come to me. That is not how the kingdom of God works. And I'm going to keep preaching it. I don't care who gets upset about it. I don't care who doesn't like it. It is the truth. You need to walk in victory. You need to overcome because you realize Jesus died to give you an inheritance. But that inheritance has to be possessed has to be possessed by faith. It's not given to you by your faith. It's given to you by the grace of God. The grace of God made it available. But through faith, we we have possessed the inheritance that God has for us. So there could be inheritance available that is not possessed. Possessing the promise is about seeing it through to the end. It's about finishing the race. This is a point of possessing the promise I want to bring out. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24. Turn there if you'd like. It says this in verse 24. Do, not, do you not know that those who run in a race all run? Get this. They all run. But one receives the prize. Run in such a way. Okay, now watch. He's telling us how to run. Run in such a way. In such a way. In what a way? In what a way do you want me to run? That word run is just talking about how you live. So he's making a comparison to running a race, but the comparison is for us and how we live our life. So he's saying, run in such a way, or we could say, live in such a way. What kind of way do we need to live? That you may obtain it. Everybody's running. One gets the prize. So he's saying, live or run in such a way that you may obtain it. What does that mean? That word obtain means to seize, to possess, to acquire with significant effort or to overpower notice what it says that you may obtain it to seize to possess to acquire with significant effort remember that to overpower now let's read the rest of it keep it in context so we're seizing and we're possessing something we're acquiring something with significant effort we're overpowering something we're overcoming verse 25 and everyone who competes for the prize is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we, for an imperishable crown, uh uh-oh, perishable is talking about something in the natural, winning a prize, winning a trophy. But now he switches it. He says we're talking about an imperishable crown. We're talking about something eternal. Okay, now he's talking about an eternal prize, an eternal reward. But we're still trying to obtain Notice he says they're trying to obtain a perishable crown, but we're doing it to obtain an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, or I live thus this way, not with uncertainty, but with overcoming focus. I inserted that. Not with uncertainty, but with overcoming focus. Thus I fight. Oh, we gotta fight? We gotta fight? We gotta overcome? Yes, thus I fight. Look what he says. We got to stay in context. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, not as random, not just out there in the open, not with uncertainty, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, hold on. He said, we do this to obtain an imperishable, imp, imperishable crown. If, if obtaining means to seize, to possess, to overpower What are we seizing to possess and overpowering for an imperishable crown? We don't overpower anything to get saved. We don't have to use incredible or uh, significant effort to get saved. I'm not saved by my effort. I'm saved by grace. So it's not an effort on mine. I'm not saved by works lest any man should boast. It is a gift of God. So when he's talking about obtaining and overcoming this imperishable crown, he is not talking about getting saved. I am not saved by overcoming with significant effort. I am, over, I am saved through faith. So what could, he talk, what could he be talking about? I'm glad you asked. When he put in the context, he talked about running a race to obtain a prize. When does a person get the prize? During the race or at the end of the race? At the end of the race, that's the right answer. While I'm running the race, at the beginning of the race, they don't give me a prize when I start. They give me a prize when I type it in there. Finish. They don't give me a price when I start the race. When the gun goes off, they don't put a, a, they don't put a ribbon around you and say, great job, you started. Some not what they do? It's when you cross the finish line. That's when they put the ribbon around you and you say, great job, you finished. So now what are we overcoming We're not overcoming the process of getting saved. He said, you are overcoming the enemy, the adversity, the opposition in life that's trying to steal and rob and hold you back to keep you from finishing. This is what God says, we will overcome when we finish. Caleb overcome because he stayed focused on possessing the promise to the end, to the end, to the end. Now, let me give you some scriptures about overcoming and finishing the race well. And then I'm gonna explain something because I know some people are already getting nervous. They're getting nervous about what I'm thinking. Their their doctrine or theology is getting nervous. And I wanna address some things, but I want you to know something. When I I was preparing for this, I said, God, I don't know that I wanna talk about this. He said, people need to know. It's not how you start a race that matters, it's how you finish a race. The people need to know that they need to overcome by finishing strong. I feel the Spirit of God just encouraging somebody, finish what you started. Be confident that this very thing, that he who's begun a good work in you will complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. But you need to have a mindset, I'm a finisher. I'm not just a beginner. I'm going to finish what God's put in me. I'm going to finish what God put in me to change my life. I'm not just going to start on one day and give up on the next day. I'm going to finish. I'm not just going to start having good thoughts and having a different attitude. I'm going to finish. I want to be a completer of what God God started in my life. Let me give you some scriptures here. Revelations chapter 2. This is Jesus talking. It's in the red. He says in chapter 2 verse 7, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him or her who overcomes, to him or her who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. To him who overcomes, I'm going to give this. When is this? Is this while I'm on earth? No, that's not what he's talking about. Revelations 2 verse 11, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. Notice how we can put the converse in there. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. What about he who does not overcome? Jesus is speaking. You need to hear this truth. You need to get into this. You need to get this set in your spirit. Revelations two seventeen. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Revelations two twenty six. And to him or her who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. Revelations 3, 5, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. He who overcomes will be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Revelation chapter 3, verse 12, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. Revelation 3, 20 through 21, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me to him who overcomes. I will grant to sit with me on my throne and I also will over, and I also as, sorry, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Possessing the promises of God is about focusing on Finishing. Finishing your race, finishing your course. Now to those, here's where I get, here's where I want to bring some clarity. To those who may be concerned, like Chad, what are you saying? You're people in two different camps right now. Because I was raised and I've got experience in both camps of this. Chad, are you trying to say that I can lose my salvation? Or Chad, are you trying to say that you can't lose your salvation? I think that whole, the whole argument is silly. I think it's, there's a waste of time for us to worry about can I or can't I. Either one. Why are you worrying about trying to come up with a reason why I can walk away from a relationship with God and still get into heaven? Why am I worried about trying to come up with a reason that I've got to worry constantly about where I'm saved And whether I'm going to heaven, never a day goes by that I am worried or concerned about where my eternity is. I know where my salvation lies. It is in Jesus Christ because I maintain that relationship. But we need to know that the Bible says to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes, I will give this to him who overcomes. So I'm just saying to someone here that needs to know, finish your race, focus on finishing your race I'm not worried about I can't lose my salvation like I can lose a set of car keys. It's not that fragile. It's not that frail. Nor am I worried about that I can just thumb my nose in a relationship with God, have nothing to do with him, and think things are all right. I'm telling you, here's the doctrine. Here's sound theology we need to give our children. Fall in love with Jesus. Have a relationship with him and maintain that relationship with him the rest of your life. Finish your race. That's our doctrine. That's our theology. That's all I want to focus on is that Jesus died and by grace I can be saved through faith and I never want to leave him. I never want to run away from him. I never want to choose another. I want to keep coming back to him. If you feel like for whatever reason right now, the chat I'm not finishing maybe I fell off. Maybe I I was zigged when I should have zagged. Maybe I went right when I was went left. I don't care about the theology of whether you're saved right now. I care about the theology that says, do you love Jesus? Is he the Lord of your life? Is he first place? Do you look to him for your guidance, for your purpose, for your direction? That's what I care about. I'm studying and working towards my master's in theology right now and and I'm reading all these different variances and different theological views and sometimes I read and I study I'm like, why are people worried about a dogma more than they're worried about their heart? They're worried about something up here instead of worried about something in here. I'm telling you, God's wanting wanting us to overcome in life and number one, are we gonna overcome by having a promise from God? Get a word from God. Get a word from God in your heart. Number two, got to pursue that promise. Get some direction. I'm coming after it. We coming. I'm not just wandering around aimlessly. I'm not just going here or there. I'm pursuing my Hebron. I'm going after what God has for me. I'm not comparing my purpose to someone else's. I'm not comparing my value to someone else's. I'm I'm not comparing my worth to someone else's. I'm pursuing my mountain. I'm saying, I want you to say this to God, Lord, give me my mountain. Give me my purpose. Give me my calling. I receive it by faith. I'm going after it. Don't be discouraged because you don't know everything about your purpose because you don't know how it's gonna play out for the rest of your life. Possess today possess your mountain today as much as you know about your mountain today possess that today you're not going to know the entire mountain you're not going to know the entire future but possess what you know there's a lot of things i don't know about my life there's a lot of things i have yet to possess a lot of things that i'm not i've left my i've left a lot of my inheritance on the table that i know i'm have not grown into the fullness of what god has for me i'm still learning every day i'm still i'm still pursuing it I, but but what i know i'm possessing And then I'm in, I'm telling myself, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish. I'm setting myself, I'm setting my focus on the prize. My prize is my inheritance. My prize is that when I stand before Jesus someday, He'll say, Well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. I'm focused. I want to be focused on finishing. We will overcome. We will overcome. There's all kinds of application for this series, and I pray that you've been able to apply it to -to day-to-day things, to practical things, to relationship things, to physical things, financial things. I pray that you'll be applied there. I pray that you apply it to spiritual things. I pray that you'll apply it to your imperishable crown that you're pursuing. That you say, wait a minute. Chet, I realize right now, you realize there's a promise of eternal life to you. Your Bible says this, that Jesus died for you. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus lived a perfect life. That whosoever, whoever, whoever would believe in him, put their faith in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a promise. That's a promise. Now, how do we possess that promise? I've said it a few times even in this message. We possess it through faith. Your Bible says if you believe in your heart that Jesus died for you, and you confess it with your mouth that he is Lord, you will be saved. It's a miracle. It's a supernatural spiritual miracle, how we can be lost and dead in sin, but the Holy Spirit can come and regenerate our dead spirit and make it alive to God. That's a promise that you have to possess. Possess it right now by faith. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.